So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. First consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court. I am one of the two idiots that keep this show going. The other being my co-host, Matt. God, where's that idiot? Fuck that guy. Roasted. Way to go, Court. Uh, anyway. You are, oh, my again? Matt. <laughs> 
<laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Apparently, the fiber has been taking your brains with it. Pretty much, yeah. Fuck me. Well, then. All right. Uh... People will be like, what hey. the fuck is Core talking about fiber taking Matt's yeah, brains? Right? What the fuck is going on? What? We you all have like to listen fiber to the outtakes to get that one. What's your fucking problems? <laughs> Well, my problem is is that we've got some explaining of this franchise to do, Matt. This is some confusing shit that we're about to get into with the differences in the Ring series. So the timelines are going to basically split out at the point that we're talking right now. Like yeah. as you as you and I are talking, the movie that we're going to review this week with Spiral, uh-huh. it is actually the official sequel to Ring. It was shot and released simultaneously with the film that we reviewed, the '98 Ring or Ringu or The Ring or however you may see it in your various releases across the globe, but the other film from that same year, 1998, The Ring, was shot with this spiral and released. This was supposed to be a simultaneous sequel where you could see the start of the story and then you can see where Spiral very much does continue on from this Ring story. I mean, it even reuses some of the characters from the previous film. Now, not commenting on the film itself, we're just saying that it does continue on. Now, this complete left-field swing that Spiral does from the premises that The Ring had and going into an even more weirder and esoteric thing. Remember when I said there was a virus involved? Well, it's this fucking movie. Right off yeah. the bat, the next following week, it proves to me. Now, yeah. this weird fucking turn that you think, oh my god, what the hell were these producers thinking? That's the source material book. Huh. All right. <laughs> so All right. these books are out there, my man. <laughs> the original books that the original author wrote that the Ring series comes from is some seriously out there stuff. But because this movie was released simultaneously, it kind of got squashed and no one saw it. So okay. we had this series of movies that have spawned over time. Some of the sequels acknowledge Ring and move on from there. Some of the sequels acknowledge Ring and Spiral and move on from there. Some of the sequels acknowledge Ring and Ring 2, which we will talk about next week and move on from there. But since we're not talking about Ring 2, what I want to do for everybody so that we can help you understand just what the fuck is going on in these various storylines, because if we're going to be fair, we need to Venn diagram this out. So Matt, grab yourself a pen and a piece of paper. Okay, I got one too. Okay. There you go. You just heard my pen clicking. Yes, yes. All right. Now, I need you to have a nice blank sheet of paper, preferably the uh, notebook kind that has the big top margin. Oh, wait, say that again? Yeah. What? <laughs> Lined notebook paper that has the big yep. fat white margin at the top. You got a set of that? Yep. Okay. At the very top, that, that margin, I want you just to write, ring movies. Movies. Right. Now, on the next line that's uh, right below that, like when you're basically between the two blue or black or whatever those lines are, the actual horizontal lines below that margin, I want you to write 1995 ring. And on the same line, right next to it, I want you to write 1998 ring. So Okay. So one arrow down, same line, 1995 ring. 1998 ring. 1998 ring. Now, the left side of this spectrum represents closer to the books that we already have, where you have it spaced evenly, I'm hoping, between the two, right? Because they're on the same line. All right, so 1995 Ring is the closest to the original book, so we're just going to picture that in our heads as we're doing this diagram for everybody. And if you want to, in the very far margin, like, you know how you have that red line sometimes? You can you can write closer to books so that it's there as a note. I'm hoping everybody's going to play along at home because this is actually going to be fun and this is going to be our pablum for Ah. this week, so, okay? Okay. You got that? Yeah. All right, so 1995 Ring, 1998 Ring, and on the far left of the page closer to books uh-huh. so as you can see 1995 ring is closer to the books you see how that works yeah. uh-huh. all right awesome 
Now, underneath 1995 ring, I want you to write spiral, actually. Okay, so arrow down and then spiral. Yep. Arrow going down, the arrow splits into two, goes down almost like an org chart. 1995 ring to the left, 1998 ring to the right. Absolutely. Cool, everybody's got that. And spiral is the next one down under 1995 ring. So you do a little arrow down to spiral. Yep. Okay. And then down below 1998 ring, we're going to do a line down and that's going to be ring two. Ring two. Okay. Gotcha. All right. Now, directly below Spiral, we're going to do two offshoots. They are sequels, and it's an offshoot of Spiral. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be called Sadako 3D. Sadako 3D. 3D. Yep. Right. Okay. And then below that is going to be Sadako 3D2. You don't have to do another line. Just write it directly below it or next to it. It doesn't matter because it's the same storyline being followed from there. Sadako 3D2. It's All a direct right. sequel anyway. Yeah. All right. Now, underneath ring two, we are going to do Sadako 2019. Sadako 2019. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, the story that we put 1995 ring and 1998 ring is basically the same story from the same book, the same adaptation. 1995 ring is closer to the book. So technically, Spiral is kind of the sequel to 1995 ring because it is adapted from the book that was the sequel. The 1995 ring, that was our TV movie ring yeah right? yeah absolutely okay. uh-huh. so even though spirals technically the sequel to 1998 ring uh-huh. we're gonna have a below 1995 ring because it's more in close to what happens yeah it's closer to the actual book that is the sequel to the original book that the even though spiral is a sequel to 1998 ring yeah it was shot directly with it so what it was is a faithful adaptation to the second book when the 1998 ring was a poetically licensed adaptation to the original book. The only thing that they kind of had to change or they were forced to is the fact that the reporter is back to the female character from the 1998 ring, even though it's supposed to be a direct sequel, right? Yeah. That gender swap thing that they did from the 1995 ring to the 1998 ring, they maintain that in Spiral, but otherwise it is the direct sequel to 1995 ring. Yeah, of course. And it is closer to the books, even so with the adaptation that we're doing. 1995 ring comes out, then a couple years it builds momentum and people really get obsessed with it. Then we get 1998 Ring. And then the direct sequel that was shot in conjunction with Ring and released at the same time on the same day. So you could technically watch the whole saga all at once if you wanted to between the two of them was Spiral. But it is actually a very direct adaptation of the book and ignores a lot of the stuff in the 1998 Ring setup. um, And basically like the novel does and ignores the fact that the tape was the thing because then it changes it completely as we're about to see. And then the direct sequels from that are Sadaku 3D and 3D2 because they acknowledge this so they technically go right in line with the original thing to the book uh because Sadako 3D is an adaptation of the third book in the series, apparently. Okay, listen, man, my thing's now just a scribble, okay? So I don't know what the fuck you want. <laughs> I didn't tell you to write all this down. I'm just trying to explain when you're looking at the chart, and then you can just look at the titles. Well, it's too late. I already tried. And right now, it looks like a drawing of the fucking ring. Matt, anywhere in there, did you write the word seven days? No, no. I wrote down, hey, look, idiot, you're not an artist. Stop trying. So I I stop trying. <laughs> but what I'm trying to explain to everybody here in the chart is how these storylines are flowing because that's how we're going to have to do the review. Even though we're going to watch them in order, we have to Rude acknowledge up. we have to acknowledge all of this. I got gotcha. you. We're watching them in order of release. That's why we did 95 and 98 ring together. Spiral yeah. was next because it was released in conjunction with 98 ring. I just didn't want to do three movies even though we did anyway in that review. Yeah, <laughs> true. True on all of this. All right. <laughs> all right. So 
everybody keep that in mind. So you have your Ring movies. We are talking Spiral, which even though it was shot to be a direct sequel to 1998, is actually a direct sequel to 1995 Ring storyline. All right, I've gone cross-eyed. I can't think of this anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Because it is closer to the books, just like Sadako 3D. That's true. (laughs) And 3D too. All right, so now that everybody is thoroughly confused and wondering what the fuck is going on, you are in the right headspace to follow us into the review. This week, in tribute to the fact that we are covering some of Japanese finest horror cinema, the Japanese bands that I picked were rock, hard rock, and metal with all female lineups. All right. Nice. Power to the people. Up first is the band Mutant Monster and their song right after the Legion Patreon ad. This will keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. just became a mutant monster fan my friend yeah that's good <laughs> shit i could sense you from all the way over here i could sense you rocking out and kind of dancing to it and like hoping nobody noticed you were i was getting my jam on it's true <laughs> and i don't care who knows it i liked it yeah it's good a fucking stuff. kick-ass tune i really dig the song 
Again, I cannot pronounce that, and it would be probably yeah, I, insulting I, for I, me to try. I wouldn't even try it. <laughs> what we should try to do is explain to everybody what's taking place in the movie Spiral this week. Oh, am I supposed to do my shit now? Yeah, yeah you do your job here. <laughs> oh, I don't like it. Anyway, Spiral, the first 20 minutes. Uh, we see some dude sitting on the floor. He's not doing well. He's looking over pictures of his son. So, you know, he loves this kid and uh, he's going to kill himself. And he's actually holding a strand of his son's own hair. Uh, but uh, then he can't go through with it. Can't He has the razor out. Can't do it. Well, he gets a call and it's a call about Rye. Uh, our, you know, our guy from the last movie, uh, being dead. And he knows him. They went to school together. Uh, just real quick. The only difference between this and the basic outline of the storyline that we were talking about is that it is the, uh, professor guy that was accused of rape or whatever it was that was in the 1995 movie who is friends with this coroner guy. Yeah. Not the ex-husband, but everything else tracks with what they're going to do with the storyline. So he's also going to be doing the, uh, autopsy. He gets to the clinic, and his colleague tells him that it was a sudden death, but it is, in fact, Rye. He uh, has a flashback about Rye telling him, you know, they have this code of stuff they like to do, and uh, he had this code ripper, and he said, that's for your future, uh, because, you know, Rye could always see the future. So he begins the autopsy, and he sees a ulcer in Rye's throat, so he's getting a sample of that, which is weird. He then sees that Rye, he wakes up and starts to get up like try to stand and you're like holy shit and rise like hey you know you couldn't kill yourself but you could do this to me oh and, and we need to we need to stress too that there is like no organs left in the cavity of his body he is completely hollowed out and yeah. his eyes then open up and he fucking sits up and while the makeup is definitely revealed and all the tricks are shown and right there in front of you the fucking balls they had to pull this off to do it was more than enough to where I'm like I'm gonna laugh it. I don't care yeah, that I can right? see the fucking seams. This is fucking crazy. It was good stuff. This it was, was good stuff. This was making me think, what the fuck is this movie going to do? Like, I was ready to fucking rock, and I was jazzed at this. Whether or not yeah. it let me down, we'll find out. <laughs> um, you know, it cuts, and actually, Rye's still just laying there. That was all kind of just in his head, maybe. Ando then hears his name called, and someone walks in with a paper with writing that was found within Rye's stomach as they checked the contents. So he swallowed this piece of paper with his writing. Well, the cops are talking, and they suspect Rico, who is also missing with their son, and with a videotape that they were all investigating. Because uh, she was seen running from his house with said videotape. Yeah, and because she didn't call for it, the girlfriend Mia is the one who called his body in. Though she was uh, called a student in the last movie, I think what yeah. they're implying is the thing that was proven wrong was he was accused of sexual impropriety with a student, and now he's dating them again, like in the novels. What yeah. I'm getting is what I think they were kind of getting at. So I think that's why this is included here, or just so they could have a romantic lead. Yeah, exactly. Um, they meet, uh, Ando meets the Mia, the girlfriend, and uh, they can they uh, tell her that it wasn't a suicide or murder. They just died and asked about his health and all that. Uh, but she says he was fine. Then the cop gets all yelling and grabby on her, you know, wanting more answers, and she passes out. So, of course, the cop being a dick. Um, later, she tells Ando... 
uh, in the hospital that Ryan talked about him, about started talking about him about a month ago, and talked about the codes they would use to come up with. Uh, she then tells him about Ryan and Rico working on the tape. On a tape that kills if you watch it. Later on, Ando starts working on the code that he found in Ryan's stomach. And the note he comes down to, he says, Dada uh, or DNA. It's both, and he just says bullshit and stops working on it. Later on that night, Maya goes back to Rai's apartment. Uh, she has visions of his death and her finding him. It's really, you know, I, I think a lot of this is almost service for, like, how long between, uh, it, I can ask real quick, how long between the 1998 ring and this movie did it all happen? Like, come on, like, May. Shot, May. shot simultaneously, released the same day. Because with the amount of flashbacks they had, it made you think, like, the first ring movie was out, like, two years before that. And it's like, hey, we gotta let everyone remember. Yeah. A lot of this is padded out by flashbacks that we don't need if it came out simultaneously. Yeah, they really pushed to have the adaptation that was very faithful to the book shoehorned into being a sequel to the 98 simultaneously released to the point that the director of the 1995 TV show movie mm -hmm. or the TV movie production made this. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty oh sure God. I'll have to double check, but you go ahead. That's hilarious. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. The first 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just going to go with that and say that, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, but it's, isn't it weird? I mean, that is just so much fucking time <laughs> to be wasting uh, it's not our last it's not our last flashback folks we're gonna have a ton of flashbacks and a ton of references when I watch this movie I'm uh, sitting there I'm like it doesn't look like it came out all that much later but the way they're acting it's like it came out five years after the first one yeah and I, I have it confirmed uh, the director who directed the television 1995 ring is in fact the director of this film so he is working another faithful adaptation of the book well I I mean, that's nice, I guess. Uh. So basically they hire the guy to make the sequel to Ring, which instead of making the film that he already made for TV, he's making the sequel to the film that he already made, which he's like, oh, okay. And he does. He makes a faithful adaptation of this novel that is the sequel to the film that he made, which was a faithful, well, a more faithful adaptation of the book. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I think he... Now it makes me want to read this book. <laughs> Like, I'm intrigued, but at the same time, I'm like, what the fuck were they thinking? Like, Yeah, well, that's, that's also true. There's certain choices in storytelling that, for, for me personally, I have a hard time pushing the I believe button on. Yeah. And um, within the first 20 minutes, I'm kind of wondering where we're going with this, right? And because it feels like a um, made-for-TV drama about a police coroner's life investigating work and doing CSI work and, and stuff like that. Like, I'm not even sure what his job actually is. It seems like he may be... Be. He's a pathologist. Yeah, but he also does CSI work for the cops yeah. in some of this. Yeah, yeah, does fucking weird ass. <laughs> right, I'm not saying that that's not possible, and I'm not saying that that's not part of how it's done over there. I'm just saying, like, that's what we're shown. That He also yeah. does that, too, so I'm not exactly sure what his title would be, because he's both things there. He is a county coroner, but he also does CSI work at certain points in the film for the police as he's going, so... Uh, and Including, like, uh, technological CSI work. Like, he's doing, like, cyber crime shit. <laughs> Yeah, too. all this. Yeah, it's, they really are advancing everything in this uh, in this particular movie. Yeah, this uh, fucking guy <laughs> is like 
the all-knowing, like, fucking super spy dude who just so happens to, like, hollow out his friends whenever they come across his slab. Like, he doesn't step back from that. To him, paying tribute and respect to a fallen comrade is to carve him the fuck open and remove all of his organs and find out how he died. And I'm also not 100% sure they were friends as much as they were just classmates and colleagues. But he becomes really kind of obsessed with finding out what happened to him way more than you would just a casual classmate. This is somebody he at least cares enough about to go this distance. And That's also true. And also, we're led to believe that Ryuji cared about him in such a way as to leave him messages about his future, but also to consider him at the end of his life by writing a cipher code that only he would be able to figure out and swallowing it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, and, you know, we all knew that he kind of knew the future, so. Right, he knew he was going to die. He knew that this guy was going to Well, you know, no, no, he him. didn't know his own future. We'll find that out later. But he knows that maybe this was needed. He knew that he had to leave a message for him somehow in his stomach. Somehow. Yeah. Right. But he cares enough about him to trust him to do what he asks in the secret message and to care enough about him to remember how to decode their secret messages. True. true. So they had to have been somewhat close is what I'm saying. And yeah, close enough, close enough to where removing the person's organs should kind of bother you a little. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. But he takes his job fairly seriously. Right. Business, not pleasure. I just want to stress to everyone that I am the one that is pointing this out. So you had to know that that had to be a level of thought that was disturbing to me. Me, specifically. Yeah. That's saying That's something. True. That is true. Like, I don't uh, care how fucking professional you are. If you care for someone, I don't know if you could autopsy them. It would feel, it just to me personally, I don't know if I would be able to do that. You know what I mean? I couldn't. Yeah. I know I couldn't. I couldn't do it to a stranger for fuck's sake. Much less <laughs> a fucking person I knew. Oh, well, stranger, I'd be fine. <laughs> you need a vivis- fu- You need a vivisection as long as it's a stranger. I'm good. I mean, because again, you're fucking weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will not vivisect anybody. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, that, please don't. Just, uh, it was a bad, bad joke, thinking. folks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, everyone's fine. <laughs> Let's move uh, on to the next 20 minutes, all right, my man? Right, right, no shit. All right, next one he starts. Endo shows up to his work and says he found a tumor in Rye that was brought on by the heart attack. Even though it's malignant, they've never seen anything like any of that. Anything like that. That a heart attack causes a tumor. Uh, the ulcer uh, looked like smallpox, believe it or not. And uh, they talk about how, uh, then he and his colleague talk about how Maya said that the video killed him. And just then a person comes in with news of uh, Rico. And we cut to a car accident. Both her and her son are dead. However, what is interesting is the son had died before the crash even happened. Uh, Just then we see someone's taking pictures and it's Rico's old boss. Um, Then they discover a tape deck in the back of the car and the tape. Uh, Ando gets home and his wife and son are there. It's kind of weird. He talks to his son who then falls through his bed into water. Endo reaches for him, tries to get him, and then he wakes up in bed. Uh, he was having a nightmare. He has to pretty much pry his hands open. Then we have a flashback to him sitting on a beach doing the same thing, and he was holding the strands of hair that he has of his son. He again tries to kill himself, but again, he cannot. So the dude's living a pretty bad life. Yeah, it explains at least why he's getting as dark of machinations as he's getting and latching on to this message from his long lost friend. Um, yeah. Like the thing that's driving him forward is this serious melancholia and desire for his own death that he is unable to achieve. This is also, yeah, yeah. And it's, 
And I, yeah, it's just, I feel so bad for this guy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it also might explain how he's able to do the autopsy of his friend that's easily. He seems almost emotionally numb. Yeah, I think that is what they're establishing is that after his son's death, which he's very clearly witnessed. And I mean, it drives the point home yeah. without actually just 100% saying it like uh-huh. right to your face, right off the bat. To yeah. the point where you can safely say, yes, his son apparently died and he was unable to save him. And all he could find was a strand of hair because he cries over it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Um. Jesus Christ, that is just fucking... Yeah, so the horror in this film is driving home the grief and loss that this man is suffering and is laid on the shoulders of the actor to give that to you. But he acts emotionless and numb for most of it until we get these private moments. And it takes a really long time to get there. And this is a big ask for an audience after the buildup of what they've seen in the ring. And you're expecting the videotapes to circulate everywhere and go nuts. And you're stuck with this coroner guy for like how long and you just want to see somebody die because of the videotape yeah right jesus christ let's get to the horror yeah you want to Um, see somebody watch the videotape like this doesn't feel like the last movie you watched in any way shape or form no you're wondering what it has to do with the series and then you realize that this is the sequel to the original book that they're drawing the source material from and you're like what does this have to do with the story from your other book what are we what are we going here with this yeah right no shit jesus christ (laughs) yeah Next day, Endo and Mio, they talk, and he tells her about the accident, uh, but how the boy died of a heart attack, not from the accident. Mia tells him that Rai had said that he had uh, unfortunately passed his genes on to the world, and he was sad about it. But he wanted to save the boy for uh, Rico's sake, and, but uh, he also changed during this matter, and he said, uh, he said he changed after seeing something. But she doesn't know what he saw. The next day, Ando uh, meets with uh, Yoshi, who, uh, Yoshino, I'm going to call him Yoshi, uh, uh, who is Rico's old boss. Uh, and he seems to have a bad cold. He coughs constantly. He seems to have just, yeah, a really bad, like, flu-type cold. Well, Yoshi, he's, uh, he has Rico's journal, and inside of the journal, it describes what's on the tape. It goes on to explain pretty much everything in the last movie. This is, again, one of those flashback moments where they explain pretty much everything that happened in the last movie this is now the second time it's not really a flashback as much as they're talking about it but still it's not the second time we've gotten updated about this yeah and it's using footage from the other film like pretty directly yeah. fucking lifted yeah yeah exactly um so uh yosh then tells ando that uh she must have realized that she had to make a top a copy of the tape uh to save her son and she was gonna have her dad watch it but the son still died and then they asked about the dad, and he goes, well, the dad killed himself and left a note saying that he would destroy the tape, not to worry. So Rigo's whole family is just dead now. Um, right, she, uh, but she still got skipped over for whatever reason, and we don't know why. It was her yeah. son who actually died, and she died of the car crash. So yeah, she, they probably, th- probably was her son's having a heart attack in the car. She probably flipped and wasn't watching it, so boom. Yeah, that's what was going on, is he basically died, or she noticed that he had died instantly, and then yeah. that caused the car crash which is right out of the book that's how the reporter goes with his whole family oh really yeah damn that one sucks 
<laughs> Poor reporter dude. And then Yosh shows him a picture of Sadduku and tells the story and wants to know the science of it. So he wants the Ando to help him. And he gives Ando a copy of the tape. Uh, Ando goes through uh, a lot of his old notes to help decipher the code from Rai. Um, and he discovers that the code also says present. And he realizes maybe the present is supposed to be the tape. So he watches that tape. We go through the, the thing of watching it. He then has a first person vision of Sudoku's death where he's like looking it from her eyes and he hears the doctor, her father, who kills her saying how sorry that she should have never been born. He then uh, falls over, and we see a hand, an arm grabs him, and it's Sudoku, and... Uh, Sadako. Sadako. Sudoku's the game. Sudoku, yeah, yeah, right. Sadako. And uh, she starts kissing him, and she's trying to get her uh, her freak on with him. And Oh, apparently so- also from the book, she appears naked pretty much all the time at people. Okay. And he all of a sudden snaps, and he's alone again, and he just gets pissed and destroys the tape, and that's the end of that 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah okay so apparently that's that's in the books too like where she's naked more frequently yeah and then she shows up and like i said this there's a lot more of a sexual component to this as well and yeah like his experience after watching the video doesn't seem all that unpleasant to me other than the way she's biting his chin yeah yeah and i mean even that seems to be just a nibble yeah i mean granted you don't want to have sex with an evil entity normally but considering that the option is die in seven days or bang i'll take bang so wait hold on we don't want to have sex with an evil entity okay i i'm just i'm playing devil's advocate for those out there that wouldn't want oh, to. oh okay because i'm like I, I think about it i i, I all right <laughs> just for the bragging rights right yeah i mean just to say you did it <laughs> <laughs> right like yeah once i had sex with an unspeakable horror from another world <laughs> i mean how often is it you could say man i definitely disappointed the devil i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> you know that seven days chick yeah <laughs> yeah man certainly I- disappointed I must I disappointed her in seven minutes. Booyah! (laughs) Clip. Yeah. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Okay, but Uh, it is safe to say at this point that we have reached a complete, like, break screeching what the fuck just happened moment in the film, right? With that, yeah. with her like just fucking climbing on top of him, showing up naked, and basically like passionately making love to him with rough sex that he's probably not into. Yeah, yeah. Although we don't know that for a fact. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's basically sexual assault, but at the same time, it's like a dream, and it doesn't seem like other than getting bitten on the chin, he hated any of it because he was responding it, as 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 though he was enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so like, it's hard to tell. And then when he woke up, he seemed disturbed about everything that happened just because of how it happened. I think kind of anybody would be at this point, right? (laughs) Right. Um, Like, at least he knows now, holy shit, I actually am cursed. But what does this curse now mean? Yeah, right. Well, I mean, what is it? What what are we doing here? What's what's going on? Curse. (laughs) We were at a 20 minute break. We completely squandered it. Let's move on. For word up. Uh, (laughs) What do we need to explain? Everything's right there on the fucking screen. Yeah, I know, right? If you watch this, man, it's happening. (laughs) Um, He next three minutes, he starts out, he goes back to Yosh. He's trying to run this story um and ando wants the rest of the tapes 
and to destroy uh, to destroy them before he dies. Um, Yosh is like, nah, get the fuck out of here. You know, I don't got, you know, you don't need shit. And they fight, and dudes knock Ando out. We cut to his buddies driving Ando, and he tells them all the kids died the same as Rai by heart attack, but they all had the tumors as well, and the ulcer. Um, he states it must be a virus, but then why didn't Rico get it? Uh, and that's when Ando says it's not a virus, but it's a curse. Uh, we cut to Mia, and she gets some papers from Rye, it seems like, right? Like, he sent these to her? Yeah, uh, yeah. And in those, there is a drawing of a father and a son at the beach. We cut to Ando and Mia, they meet up, and he says, uh... He apologizes to her that he didn't believe her, um, and he says that uh, says that he knows uh, he needs to destroy all the tapes. Uh, she shows him the drawing, and she thinks he's wrong that Rai's not sending him stuff to destroy the tapes. It's for a different reason. But Ando's not listening. He says he needs to do away with all of that, and then he gets called away. Uh, Yosh is calling for him to come over to his place to talk to him. So Ando then visits Yosh, and he is much sicker than he was before. He can barely catch his breath. He says he wants the tape and the journal gone. He never, he wishes never seen it. Uh, Ando believes he watched the tape, but Yosh says he never watched it. He hasn't watched it once. And then Yosh kind of stumbles away. He falls down and he dies. Mia walks in and Ando takes her out so she doesn't have to see it. What the fuck is going on? What does this have to do with Sadako? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard of any of that. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm so fucking confused, like, how this Plague movie got its peanut butter in my chocolate, and this is not good peanut butter in my chocolate. No, this is bad peanut butter. This is horrible. <laughs> right, and I'm like, why the, know f- how why the fuck would you do this with your book? Why would you make this turn with your storyline with what that, you've set up already? Yeah, what I want to know is how does somebody get this peanut butter in my mayonnaise? It's kind of fucked up, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's what this basically feels like, is they put peanut butter in our mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and your well, devil's Ando, eggs will never be the same. <laughs> Ando takes that tape that Yosh gave him and he destroys it. He said he will be the video's last victim. Maya comforts him uh, about his loss, his suicide attempts, uh, all surrounding his son's death. She talks about how Rai was the only one who actually understood her as well and liked her and wanted her around. Uh, he admits that he's afraid to die and they kiss and they end up boning. And that's the end of that 20 minutes. At some point, this she tells go, him... This is going to go fairly quick. <laughs> yeah, at, at this point, she does tell him, too, that the reason she doesn't like to be touched is that when she touches someone, she gets psychic glimpses into their mind and just kind of melds with them and can know what they know or, or feel what they're feeling and think what they're thinking or something along those lines. Like, she basically reads their mind and gets to the gist of it, which is why she delivers all that stuff. And if everybody remembers in the earlier part of the story when the cop was fucking roughing her up, oh, yeah. she was screaming, she- don't touch me. It's because she could feel what he was feeling yeah. and it was driving her pretty much insane because of the rage and frustration and idiocracy that is a fucking pig. Boom! <laughs> Talk about it. So they're, I'm calling back to that now even though I didn't really acknowledge it earlier because I'm still gonna fucking call a pig a pig so there we go. Damn. <laughs> but at this point, we get a fucking meet cute fucking sex scene between the two of them at this 20 minutes when they go to yes. pound town. <laughs> so, and so good for them. They film it like a fucking Red Shoe Diaries episode, too. Yeah, they really do. It's it's very artistic. Yeah, and erotic and like nothing like I want in a ring film. And I'm still wondering, like, did you do this in your novel, too? And like, why? Why would you make this choice? Where are we going with this? I just I like have this feeling that every novel has sex in it. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, it's understandable. 
understandable because that helps you sell the books because that's what the readers want. Yeah. But that's not important right now. What is important is the left turn that everything else that is done in this this book. Sex sells, Court. Sex sells. I know, but like none of the stuff that I recognize from the previous storyline, other than the fact that they mentioned that there's a tape, the one guy has watched it, has gone on a personal mission to destroy them. But all these people are fucking dying anyway from some kind of a weird virus that may or may not be smallpox that is somehow linked to the viewing of the tape that may or may not be caused by the visual representations on the tape making it manifest into your body like once you start trying to dig into how this is supposed to be spreading what could be possibly the curse and or a disease it falls completely apart and i'm not pushing a single fucking i believe button on this other than i'm going okay in your universe i suppose this works but jesus fucking christ could you make it more fucking convoluted no i mean this is starting to remind me of the american ring movie when it was released holy shit right like (laughs) it got so convoluted in the original and the not original in the american ring movie the first one that i was like i still don't fucking know what's going on except for the apparently that little girl was just a bitch (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay i just i'm really frustrated at the turn that the stories are doing here because I'm, i'm hoping that there is definitely more in the book at least that will explain to you why we're going on this journey with this main character like we are because so far he is morosely meandering through life and we are once again submitted to an existential malaise moment with this guy where he literally is just so done with life but he's also in its own words such a fucking coward he can't even kill himself to end it well i mean but that's weird way of phrasing it. I don't know if you'd call someone a coward for not killing themselves. No, that's what he says. He calls himself that. He says he's too oh, afraid well, to die. I mean, yeah, die. but uh, he's not. It's just he's got issues. Right. Like, he wants to die, but he doesn't want to die. He wants yeah, to live. He's afraid of death. He's He wants to, he wants to die, but he's also afraid of death. Yeah. It's a hell of a place to be caught. Yeah, well, join the fucking club, pal. Yeah, right? No shit. (laughs) You know, get behind the furnace like the rest of us and cry and hope no one can hear you once it fires up. Listen, just start drinking and you're going to be fine. All right. No, don't, because that'll turn you into... No, I'm not going there. You're just going to say that's going to turn you into me, weren't you? <laughs> yes, that's yeah, what I was going to say. Yeah, I saw it coming. All right, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anger isn't working for me either. But, like, just the, the storyline is extremely frustrating, and I can see why putting this, like, out at the exact same time as something as powerful as what the 1998 ring is and how fucking terrifying it actually is and effective it is I can see where audiences would rather buy a ticket to go see that movie again than see this one. Yeah. Yeah. I would never see this one again. It's just, I don't know. Maybe it's, it's close to, maybe it's the closest to the book, but fuck me. It's so convoluted. (laughs) Yeah. And it gets really meandering in it and it really tries to do some really science fiction and like hard science fiction, like, like HP Lovecraft level of, okay, I don't think that's how science works. Science fiction. Yeah. 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 It's like. Hey guys, I, I don't think two plus two equals four anymore. Apparently, in your world, it's like six or seven or something. <laughs> I know I'm not good at math, but I'm pretty sure you're adding it up wrong. Yeah, listen, I didn't do well with maths, but motherfuckers, I know that you're not doing this right. All right, so 
The next 20 starts out with, uh, the next morning, they talk about how both Mia and Rai uh, could see the future, but they can't see their own future. No one can. Ando asks if she'll be there with him when he dies. She says she can't, and he says that's okay. He's actually okay with it. He understands. Later, Ando finds out from a colleague that it is a virus killing these peeps, and that Yosh died from suffocation, and they are getting uh, more stuff from his body to test. So some Ando people that-, that get it die slowly over time, choking on stuff being developed in their their lungs, and yeah. other people it develops that weird tumor on the heart that causes they it have, to stop. They have a heart- yeah, or something. Yeah, or yeah, the it, heart attack it blocks causes the tumor. The tumor. The tumor bl- no, no, the tumor is caused uh, by the virus. They find that out. That oh, that's remember. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah so they the, either the tumor either get grows, a heart attack and die, yeah. or you suffocate to death. The tumor grows on the heart in such a way as to block off a vein and that feeds the heart and yeah. causes a heart attack and a massive one at that. So Ando then shows him the journal. So he reads the journal and he says maybe watching the tape you get the eye of virus through optics. Like optics could cause it. Um, Ando wants his buddy to test him. Uh, like take blood, take stuff from him. Uh, a culture. Uh, and then as they argue more about it he uh, Ando even says what clinics were around were were around when uh Sadako when she died back when she did die what clinics were close to her and there were two a TB clinic and a smallpox clinic both the ways in which people are dying oh coincidentally the the doctor that fell in love with her in the 1995 version that Mm -hmm. was taking care of her father who was there for the TB clinic worked at both apparently and had uh contracted smallpox unbeknownst to them And since he attacked her in the 1995 film, in the original version, that's how she gets the smallpox. Well, oh, all right. This film film does not bother to explain that. That's why I wanted to point that out. All right. Well, I mean, it's it's good to know. Uh, Thank God someone told us something about us. So anyway. I'm not saying um, it's ridiculous and such a stupid ploy. I'm just saying that that's, you know, what was there. That's what's happening. I got you. Um, So that night, Mia wakes up and she starts kind of coughing and vomiting to do her sink. She looks up and she sees uh, Sadako behind her in the mirror. And she turns around. And then we cut to Ando. He tries to call Mia, but no one's there. And so he runs over to her place and he sees, uh, or no, uh, he tries to call Mia. And we see the phone ringing at her place, and we just see here water running. Uh, then we cut to Ando. He's fucking up a calendar uh, at his home, kind of just marking off his days, but fucking up the whole calendar. Um, so then he goes to Mia's, and he sees water leaking out of her place, so he breaks in. He checks it out, but the tub is empty except for water and now blood falling in it from his own hand. And we see, you see he's got a bandage on his neck because they took a culture from him. He then looks at his watch, and his time should be up. Uh, so he's back at the clinic where he works, and his doc buddy comes in and tells him they found no virus in his system. They found nothing in him. He's perfectly healthy. Uh, the virus in Yosh was mutating at the time when he died, and it's not, apparently not easily transmittable, so it's okay. Uh, as the friend, the colleague here, his friend, turns around, starts walking away, he starts coughing, and that makes, uh, Ando pretty concerned. And anyone else that lived through a pandemic recently? Yep. Well, later on, Ando's getting done, he just got done with another autopsy, he's walking upstairs, and he sees, uh, Mia, who's 
dressed up to the nines. And they start going out of a stairwell. And she, like, even tells him that he smells like a corpse. And she seems to be into it. So she she really starts going on to him. Yeah, it gets really uh, freaky really fast. And it's completely different than the loving, seductive sex play that we saw out of them earlier in the film. Yeah. Red flags should be waving and not just because she looks amazing in that dress. Right. Um, cut to some uh, cops and workers on top of a building and like uh, their ventilation tube. They're pulling something out of the ventilation tube and it's a, it's a dead body. It's not just a dead body. Well, wait, wait, wait. It is a dead body. Well, we're going to find out. Don't spoil it. All right. It's a cut very to- sexy dead body. Yeah. Cut to Ando. He drives up uh, to the police who are transporting the body. Uh, he runs up to them and... And uh, that one cop says, yeah, this is pretty much a curse. And he opens up the bag that had the uh, body in it. And it is Mia. Whom just uh, went to pound town with our hero. Yeah. What the fuck is going out, on? I don't know. He says it's impossible. And then the officer says it's even worse. She had just given birth, but there was no sign of a baby. Or after birth uh, or anything. It's just all gone. Just her body the, in the well looking fucking thing. Yep. As the cop walks away, he says, uh, you know, that air ventilation system we pulled her out of, like, just like a well. We've all been fucking thinking it the moment we saw how round and rusty yeah. and chipped it was. Exactly. As he leaves, his buddy shows up, asking if the well was missing a piece, his, his colleague. Uh, he then starts coughing, and we see he has all the markings on his neck that other victims have had. He also acknowledges it and knows that something's wrong, and he wants to know why he's having these visions. Yeah. Yosh... He never watched the tape, and he was still infected. And they determined, both of them, it must be the journal. He, that must have done it. And that Rico was helping spread the virus. But uh, then uh, the friend asks, well, how does, you know, how did Ando save, how did you save yourself, dude? And he has a vision. It's because he had sex with Mia. It's like he transferred it. Uh, and then he remembers the last time having sex with Mia, she pulled the chin bite move that Sadako de- had done. And that ends that 20 minutes, and we're getting ready to go into the final 20 minutes. So he's starting to realize, oh shit, I fucked up. So Sadako sets a task that you have to do something, and if you don't do the thing that you have to do in order for things to work the way that she wants them to, you die. Yeah. Until she finds someone that will. And you either die of fear, uh, of a heart attack, or of the plague, apparently. Or another option is she just wants you to bang people, which is the door that I would definitely take yeah. at this point, considering like, all the other options. Yeah, all the other options. All right, I'm I'm in. <laughs> Sorry, honey. You see what's happening to these other folks? I got to put it to this person. Yeah, I, I can't let that happen to me. <laughs> so, I can either I live can... and do this or die a horrible death in front of you, which may also cause yours. Yeah, so uh, or cause you to at least go insane. So let's <laughs> not do all that. Yeah, depending upon which storyline you're actually following, Following in all of this muddled confusion that we don't even still know what the fuck is going on. So apparently, Sadako's virus spreads like smallpox. Somehow, smallpox got her infected because she was near the clinic that they did the smallpox. So apparently, mm-hmm. quarantine was not a thing in that era. And TB must have been something too, so. <laughs> right, and they put a tuberculosis clinic right next to a smallpox clinic. I mean, that doesn't seem logistically wise. Yeah, that uh, that seems uh, it would be um counterproductive unless the facility's name is body dump they let you die here yeah 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 listen this facility is called you're just being left here to die and we don't really care what happens to you incorporated oh that sounds bad let's shorten that to retirement home yeah yeah 
Our Lady of Peace, because you're definitely going to die here, and we don't really care what happens to you after that. Also the name of a really terrible band from, like, the late 90s. Yeah, 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 that too, that too. Um, we can move on. Yeah, so we move on. All right, final 20, here we go. Um, he uh, sees Sadako at his office, and she has the journal, uh, looking very much like Mia. She says she put her DNA in the tape, and, you know, it went into him, and then he put that DNA into uh, Mia when they made love. And then Mia gave birth to Sadaka. Um, he asks, why did, why did she have to kill Maya, though? And she goes, well, she's not dead. She lives within her, within Sadako. Uh, she has all of Mia's memories. Um, after a back and forth where he kind of is like, you know, you're, you know, he's trying to disrupt all her lies. And then she starts speaking like she is Mia and all that. He starts to realize that he is to blame for Mia's death. And he starts to break down. And Sadako forgives him as Mia, stating like, she even says, I forgive give you so anyway he asks what does she want and she says she wants everyone to feel the fear that she felt and after she says that he actually falls and ends up in the well and Sadaku is playing around with him. She's in the well. She looks like Sadaku now. She does not look like Mia. Uh, she looks like the Sadaku you see in the well. But and is actually dressed again. <laughs> yes. Uh, she says that this is exactly what Rai wanted. And uh, he's like, no, it can't be. Rai wanted to destroy her. And she's like, no, he didn't. He never wanted that. And she kind of says, now he helped bring me back. So I've got to help bring him back. And she knows that he still has Ra- some cells from Rai. Uh, in his laboratory and they're going to bring him back using her he says no and then she brings out some of Ando's son's hair and says she will also bring back his son if she brings Rai back uh, then all of a sudden he hears his name called and he looks up and there's Rai above looking down at them well we go through all the science of everything that's happening now uh, we cut to uh, Ando and his his doctor buddy. Um, uh, they are making it happen so that the people will all come back at the same age as they died at. I'm they not sure talk- how cloning and DNA works, but I'm pretty sure that you can't be born as a baby and grow up super fast to the age that you died at without supernatural influence. So I'm going to call some horseshit on some of this. Yes, I would too. Um, Ando and his buddy, they talk about how they both look like shit and they think that it's because they're both traitors. Uh, not just to God, but to the whole entire world, because they've kind of just doomed it. Well, yeah, duh. Yeah. Well, on a beach, Ando is sitting there waiting, and we see his son comes to him alive, pretty much exactly like the drawing we've all seen. Um, then Rai and Sadako show up. Uh, Rai says that Rico's journal is now being published as a book, and the world will read it, and they will get the fear that it's gonna push the virus he states the virus will be born and more peeps like sadako will be born so humanity will eventually evolve through this but the world is going to change and it is going to be not fun yeah they're gonna put sadako clones by virus into people writing her dna into yeah. the genetic code Pretty much to- what they did to mia <laughs> Yeah, but like with a lot of Sadakos, like all over yeah. the place, but with the virus, and it's all going to happen because of this book. Yeah. Somehow. Right. And supernatural. Right. Um, his Ando's son calls for him, and Sadako's getting ready to go over to him, and Ando stops her and says, just stay away from him. Don't ever go near him. And she's like, but, you know, I gave birth to him, and Rai's calling him his brother, all this shit. Well, Rai says Ando sold out the world for his son. As they both leave, 
Rai even asks, what even kind of life is this boy going to have? So it's like, oh, fuck, what is going on here? Ando asks if Rai wants his son back. They have his son's cells as well. He could bring him back. And Rai said he could never be so cruel. And then he tells Ando he has a long way to go before any of them will ever be safe. Ando decides to stroll back to his son. Roll credits. Alright, so he sells out all of humanity and basically destroys the world just to have his son back without really knowing the full ramifications of what's going to happen by doing this. Even offering, yeah, he was not really well aware of what he was doing. Yeah, they broke him thoroughly. That was the whole point of the torture that he went through. But yeah. uh, Ryoju basically tells him when he's offered his own son, no, that would be cruel to bring a child into this world. Meaning, mm-hmm. like, even he thinks this was a huge mistake that this guy did, but uh-huh. it's what he wanted done, so he's okay with it. Yeah, and this is what Rai wanted because it's going to cause a... Uh, uh, the evolution of the world, unfortunately, unfortunately, any evolution usually starts with the killing or at least the death of what was there before. Well, it's a gradual Especially when you only time. have so much land to use. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to get into that. But the, the, <laughs> the thing that this story tries to do in the scale that they try to go to without really showing that they're going to that scale, like they just like info dump all this stuff and tell you this is what's going to happen. And you just have to be like, okay, so this guy sold out the world and the world's pretty much going to end or turn into Sadako world altogether to the point where the man that um, orchestrated this happening just so he could return from the dead, but is allowing it to happen, uh, is telling the guy that you bringing your son into this is an act of cruelty that even I wouldn't do, even though he orchestrated the whole of the killing of the world. Like that's how big our hero fucks up at the end here. (laughs) And I will say, while I found this movie, like just late, like we were talking about oh jesus christ so what is this and what is that i enjoyed this ending immensely it is an interesting idea and i love that they went this dark and this twisted i just wish they would have leaned a little harder into it and shown us a little more but make hey if this is what the fucking book does then this is what the fucking book does it's clear that this same director made the most faithful adaptation of the original novel that the ring was based on in his 1995 movie so i would assume that this is what they also did for this film is make it as faithful an adaptation to the second book as they could do yeah <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah it, it, no you're right i just wanted to get out there that like as i watched all of this i was just like nah, nah. It, it, again i never really felt scared at any point watching this sometimes i felt intrigued about what was going to happen next i was annoyed really constantly at this character and yeah just i was the, more the annoyed collie that he kept going with which he half-heartedly kept trying to kill himself yeah yeah but i thought the ending was fuck i thought that was nice i i fucking loved the ending the ending was fire just the the how fucking hopeless it's getting ready to be and you're fucking pissed at both ryan and her as well <laughs> well this is what sadaka wants and the only way that you can survive and or continue to live is to give her what she wants and yeah, well everyone needs to suffer apparently so apparently she is a hundred percent as evil as what we thought and dying in the well is what caused this this takes the idea of the like nori style ghost you know where it is a, a curse that is basically just the imprint of that person's suffering and their anger and their fear and whatever it is that that horrific thing that exists where it's not really a conscious being like that's the difference between like what most people think of as a spirit is a conscious being that exists and makes decisions and continues to as it exists beyond 
beyond the realm of a living body. You know, that's what most people think a ghost is, where you could actually speak with it or rationalize with it. But in most ghost stories, they're shadows, they're uh, echoes of a former self. They're repeating things that have happened to them, usually the moment of their death, which leaves an imprint, and that's what you always end up seeing. Very few ghost stories really give you that spirit that you can reason with and have conversations with, unless they want to do something a little more esoteric and bizarre. And once you take the imprint of something that is so horrific and vile that it continues to plague any living being that is within its grasp, because it's this thing, it's not even a reasoning being, it's just this hateful impression left upon our world, you know, yeah. with, with a supernatural force, because it's that, that's where you get those, like, you know, violent ghosts and those kinds of things, because it can't be reasoned with, because it can't change, because it can't stop that pattern, because it is trapped for this, doing this for eternity is why it's so violent and why it's so angry and why it's so vile. At least storytelling-wise, that's what you're supposed to believe, you know? Uh, the kind of spirit that would, like, talk with you and want to hang out with you more than likely is just going to move on and isn't going to leave much of an impression. Unless yeah, right. unless it's, like, a serious rivalry kind of thing, you know? Like, it's not going to... And that, that would be a thing that you could rationalize with and you could discuss, and usually that's something that goes on or should travel on. Like, consciousness doesn't stick around like that, you know? <laughs> that that, that what, we, what we kind of think or, or, or so we would think. You know, it's not kind of like that. I think it's more like echoes and impressions. As far as most of the ghost stories I've seen, that's the shit that scares me more is because it can't be reasoned with. It's just a, like, a vengeance uh, bequest that happens at the moment of someone's death that continues on. Like, that's what the story was initially. And by turning yeah. it into this logical thinking spirit being that now uses sex of a cursed object and viruses and all of this other stuff and now it's going to be a journal that just describes what they saw in the video that's now going to spread this virus it's going to mutate and warp all of humanity like you've gone so far afield of what the other story was that it was easier for me to follow and be scared from that you're going into like the sci-fi international espionage uh, range of killing off a populace with a manufactured virus and a delivery system that is completely unsuspecting right yeah and yeah. it is too far afield of what what I was going to be scared by ever to where you don't even keep my interest or my intrigue the entire time here. And then this ending, while I agree with you, it's fucking cool. And the concept is a serious fucking downer. The entire time we're going through everything we have to go through to get here is such a fucking slog that like, I'm just angry at this point that I won't even acknowledge to myself while I'm watching the film that this part is cool. Like it took you having to say that for me not to be like, Oh fuck you. Cause they don't, <laughs> they don't earn it. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I got you. I understand. And like, you're and not I don't, wrong at all. <laughs> I, I don't want to be hard on the film and I don't want to hate on the film. And it makes me even more kind of sad because like the storyline, if that's how it is in the book, it makes me feel like I really wouldn't like the book. But then again, maybe the book earns it more. <laughs> I would hope so, you know, because like what this movie does feels like. It might because you got to think the book's probably a lot longer than what you're thinking an hour and 35 minute movie is. You would hope. You would absolutely yeah. hope. Yeah. Because yeah. the movie leaves so many loose ends with what it's trying to tell you that like by the time we get to this rush of the ending you're like wait so now he's a genetic engineer and he can fucking do in veto fertilization with magical powers thanks to Sadako wait, like what no wait I fucking can't because I can. no I do it all the time all the time <laughs> is that before or after you put dildos in people no 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 I get the dildos out of you yeah no I don't put them in I get them out what, I mean what's wrong with you court you know what I do <laughs> uh, you know what I'm ready to hit the eject button on it do you want to defend anything that I had to say like in the opposite I, I can't direction? defend 
I can't defend anything. All I can say is I thought the ending was really cool. That's it. Because I really agree with you. I have nothing to defend. I can't. All I'm saying is that the ending was kind of cool. But yeah, no, everything else you're dead on. <laughs> and I'm not saying that I don't like the concepts. And I'm not saying I don't like what's going on with the... It just wasn't executed well. Yeah, it wasn't. And the intrigue and the espionage and the love story and all the other things that they're trying to pile on. When your other storyline was so horrific and so terrifying, going this complete opposite direction, even though it's an adaptation of how they did it in the book, it just is such a hard left turn that like I'm pulling the ejector seat. You know, I am. I'm just I'm I'm out on this and I can see why people wouldn't go see it. I would much rather go back to the movie that fucking terrified me in theaters than to not watch this. I agree. You know, because and if somebody told me that that's what this is like, I would probably want to avoid this film, too. Like, I'm I'm sure word of mouth killed this flat for a lot of people because what they were hoping for when it's released simultaneously with the other ring and what they got is such a hard left turn that I think they just basically not even caring. You know, that's how the original novel would be. I think people would hit the eject on it. This is like Exorcist 2, you know, <laughs> like that hard yeah. of a swing away from and even Exorcist 2 still kind of threw in some exorcism and demons and a bunch of other weird trippy shit that like no one wants to fucking admit is in there and talk about. But this film didn't do that. It just put some sex and love stories in it. And it just Pretty meanders much. and fucking slogs the whole way through. And it yeah. just doesn't care. Yeah. And I, I find it kind of bizarre and upsetting that I even want to keep talking about it. Why don't we just fucking stop? Yeah, all right. I don't know, man. I said I was done. You kept going. <sighs> I'm just, I'm, I'm venting. You know what would be better? Let's just do some psyop news, right? Right on. Okay, so next two bands are actually kind of the same band. They just have like a sort of side project that they do, right? So it's going to be Band right. Made and Band Myco. And they're basically the same band, but in the Band Myco version, it was an April Fool's prank that went so right that they ended up doing an album with the April Fool's prank that they played. Oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, so up first, band Michael with G On Cho. I had to try. You had to try. So, Band Made, in their April Fool's joke persona that they pulled, called Band Maiko, is actually playing some traditional Japanese instruments that were known to be played by Maiko, which are female performers that would play instrumentation or recite poems or various things like that before they would move on to the next level of entertainer, which would be known as a geisha. Now, there's a negative connotation to geisha that does not belong there because it's just another form of entertainer. That doesn't mean sex, that just means entertainment. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Now, this particular band, Maiko, is doing the, like, the apprentice entertainer, like, that would be doing just playing music and things like that. And they dress in that traditional garb as the April Fool's joke. And they're playing traditional instruments. And then they made a song. And people went fucking nuts for it. So the next April Fool's Day, they released an entire album of songs, I guess. Oh, well, I mean, hey, listen. It's always nice when things work out, right? Yeah. All I'm saying is that I'm a fucking fan and no one that fucking cares that wasn't listening to any of that on the Pirate Radio edit gives a shit about anything that I had to say. They're just listening to some royalty-free song that Bo paid for for me to be able to play on the show. And then they're like, what the fuck is he talking about? Right. And they're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, Court, can you give us some psyop news? That. This come from our uh, boy Robert in the field. Our man Robert in the field. He's all man, yeah. Matt. He's all man. All right. Uh, 90 Day Fiance Stephanie Maddow debuts new fart-related business venture. Psyop follow-up news. Yeah. Stephanie Motto has come up with the next product to expand her fart business empire and revealed her latest offering in a new Instagram reel. Ooh, is that me getting a metal rod shoved up my rectum? I sure hope not. She did not get my consent for me to be part of that. Former 90 90 Day Fiance franchise star Stephanie Motto has just launched a new product online related to her farts. TLC viewers may remember the young reality star from her appearance on 90 Day Fiance before the 90 Days Season 4 and 90 Day the single life season two well stephanie didn't find her soulmate on the two spinoffs she did gain a lot of fame which she leveraged for cash she shocked 90 day fiance fans with her outrageous annex in uh, in the last year one of her boldest moves was to build a not safe for work platform called uh unfiltered uh and selling her farts in glass jars for hundreds of dollars MacGyver ain't got shit on me give me a fucking paper clip some chewed up bubble gum and a string i'll get whatever dildo you need out of you I got no fart yeah. fucking clips at all. At all, right? It's weird. We don't have any fart clips. Booty juice, booty juice. Gotta have it now. I guess that's the kind the of person that would... Yeah. yeah, like someone that would sing that and actually mean it would probably yeah. want to buy her farts, right? I, I would think so, right? Booty juice, uh, booty juice. Gotta have it now. I'm not implying that the person's voice that everyone's hearing is that person. I'm just saying the person that sings that and actually means it. Yeah. Uh, fast forward... Actually sweat. Fast forward to 2022, and Stephanie has stopped selling her farts, but she is still making a decent income by creating adult content. She is now refocusing on her romantic relationship and claims to have found the right man. The 31-year-old reality star describes her new boyfriend as an attractive businessman she met while filming The Single Life. The two became good friends online and later met each other in person. After getting intimate, Stephanie and her new French boyfriend fell hard for each other, and the rest is history. As for Stephanie's business ventures, she has a new fart-flavored idea in her mind. According to her latest Instagram reel, she is now selling fully farted-in, slept-in, rolled-arounded sheets. Jesus. The video yeah, shows so her So she whole... was the one that was, she was collecting her farts too much to the point where yeah. she injured herself, and now she's just collecting clothing that she farted a bunch in. Yeah. The video shows her holding and cuddling one of her sheets, for which she charges $2,000. Stephanie has also plugged her not-safe-for-worth platform while promoting... Uh, this unpleasant merchandise. She wrote videos of me sleeping in them and live streams of me sleeping on the sheets, also available for a limited time 
on her platform at unfiltered official. This is the at question the, that I actually have, right? I'm not uh, I'm not judging someone for wanting to own sheets that someone else farted in. Your fetish is not my issue. My issue is her? Maybe because she's a reality TV star. <laughs> you know the what the the heart wants what the heart wants and if they want her fart sheets at $2000 a pop, I'm not going to fucking judge them. I'm really not. It's just I can't go on this journey to understand you there. I can't. Yeah, right. I mean, and maybe it's that for you to understand. We don't all have to understand everything. Right. Like, I've just never been so hot for someone that I wanted to smell the farts from their sheets and pay $2,000 to do such. Yeah. 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 I'm not into farts like that. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not even a connoisseur if this is the level to which some people will go. Well, at the end of her caption, the 90 Day Fiance cast member thanked her supporters for saying, staying by her side and making it possible. Uh, most Instagram users... Uh, uh, had a shocking reaction to the 90 Day Fiancé franchise star's new business venture and think it's absurd. A social media user wrote, like, who in their right mind would buy this for real? Crazy. Another fan chimed in about the country's economic condition and wrote, the fact people are willing to pay that much for something is what's wrong with the economy in this country. A critic even called Stephanie cash-hungry and commented, is there anything she won't do for money? Not even cute anymore. Uh, people have been exhausted by Stephanie's gross business ventures in the last several months and are slowly turning against her. While Stephanie is earning quick cash through her weird but creative ideas, she's losing her loyal fan base. Though last year she motivated many fans to kickstart their own unique businesses, most viewers are now tired of her antics and don't find her least bit inspiring. Hopefully, the 90 Day Fiance franchise star will still see that. Uh, we'll see that a big reason for her success isn't just her ideas, but her social media following. So there you go. That's uh, someone selling farts. Leave it to a reality TV show host, start selling farts. I just still cannot wrap my head around like 2,000 bucks. Like, like it's the 2,000 bucks that I'm, I'm, you know what I mean? Like, 20 bucks for some fart sheets, if that's your kink, I get. Man, I mean, inflation's killing everybody. Right. Like, is that the price of fart sheets, though? Is that what it is? Is it 2,000 bucks? Mm, I think farts have gone up in prices, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One would assume that with the rising prices of everything else, that you're uh, more free. Fringe kinks would probably also increase thusly. Yeah, you would think. Um, so, I mean, obviously, prices go up everywhere during inflation. So, yeah. And I don't know. I don't know how fringe it is. I mean, maybe there's a lot more people that are into paying exorbitant fees for fart sheets. I just don't know. Listen, if there's a kink for it, there's at least thousands, plural, thousands of people into it with the with how big the world is. And the resources to be able to spend for that sort of thing. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Yeah. With just how the sheer number of people. Just, man, that spectrum of fucking sexuality that is humanity is fascinating and terrifying all at we, once. We, we are fucking different, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> The things that we get up to when we're the left to our own devices, my friend. Man, maybe we have too much time on our hands, right? I mean, like now. I always thought I always thought there wasn't enough hours in the day, but fuck, man, and the internet's just helped it out too. Because now people are like, God, I didn't even know that was a kink until you know I just saw it on the fucking internet, right? Like, I'm pretty sure there's some weird shit that I'm into that I just haven't discovered yet, and like the internet has really leveled the playing field on what I have discovered. So yeah. I think I know myself pretty well. Like the fart sheet thing, I'm only surprising at the price, like because I'm a cheap fuck. Yeah. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I just. Of course. I, I mean, yeah, I'm not spending two thousand dollars for some used sheets. That's just horrific. Yeah, like people pay a lot of money to get bath water because they want to drink a certain person's bath water or whatever. Like, there's some industrious folks out there that are providing this kind of kink and fetish. Yeah. 
environment for folks. And you know what? I'm glad that they're there and I'm glad that the people that want this sort of thing are able to support the people that will offer it to them. I'm glad that this trade exists. I truly am. Because that means that someone is making someone else happy by either giving them money or giving them something that no one else would without money. (laughs) That's how the economy should work. Someone (laughs) offers to provide a service that somebody else wants to pay for. (laughs) You know, everyone's getting, you know, here's the one thing. Everyone's getting mad at her. Like, oh, she'll do anything for a buck. But if somebody wasn't into it, she would have nothing and she would just go away. But people are paying for it. Someone is. So just saying, don't be mad at her. Maybe be mad at those other assholes. <laughs> Dude, if she buys. Like, yeah, especially because she's not selling anything illegal. Yeah. If she if she buys like sets of sheets that are like super cheap that she just rolls around and farts in her or whatever it is that she does. Like yeah. she can she can have a real high turnover rate and really start pumping in some money. All she really has to do is like increase her broccoli and calciferous. Broccoli, maybe some beans. Intake, yeah. You know, like so maybe some chili. I don't know. Flour. Something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, lots of good, some roughage. Get a roughage in your diet. I can tell you from personal experience, it'll work. <laughs> so, yeah, she's got to do some work to get this money. Absolutely. But $2,000, man. It's a lot, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I would, I would never do it either. Like, I, listen, I'm with you. I don't understand it, but I don't think anybody should get mad at her about it. No. She's not doing nothing illegal. She's no. not hurting anybody. There's people out there who want to pay, then let them pay if they have the money. If this is something that actually brings someone so much joy that they are willing to spend that money, while I may be outraged at the amount of money that is being spent for something like this, I understand the level of joy that it must bring them. So, like, I don't judge anybody for making this transaction. I just wish that, like, that money could go to feed somebody. Yeah, no, I get it. Well, I mean, in effect, it's going to feed her. I mean, is it, know, though? I, is it really? <laughs> well, I mean, I would assume you can't fart if you don't eat. <laughs> Especially all the things that we already talked about. Yeah, exactly. I'm just saying. You know what? This We hit the 130. We're past Listen, the 130. It's, not like, it's time to Hold on, hold on. It's not like she just spent $4 billion to buy fucking Twitter, all right? Where that could have gone somewhere else. It's 44, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, 44 billion. Yeah, I said 4 billion. 44 billion. Now, there, when you say, well, that could offend somebody, you're goddamn right that could offend somebody. Somebody. but fuck it let let her be <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's fair just like i'll let the author be who wrote the book and the filmmakers be who made the film for spiral this week and we're gonna just fucking close the chapter and let's hope that yes. we enjoy ring two just a little bit more because this does not bode well for what's gonna no, happen it, in the rest it, of the series it definitely does not i'm i'm afraid <laughs> cheer up my friend it can't be any worse than this let's just end the fucking show <laughs> yeah, get out of here if you enjoyed this show then make sure you check out the other great shows on the legion podcast network Network, like Cinema PsyOps, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcast, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Metal Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick Six Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shade Cast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Which Versus the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. 
horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. I didn't announce it, but that's band made for everyone listening on the Pirate Radio Edit. Band made. And the song is Choose Me. And if you're not listening on the Pirate Radio Edit, you're just listening to some music that I grabbed that I had to put in here because, you know, we got to be copyright free for the main feed. Yes, of course. <laughs> I'm in the no main. way trying to pad out time before I close yeah, out the show, just, bringing up my show may, housekeeping. I should have memorized by now. Maybe we'll just talk slower. <laughs> we can't do the Shatnerian pauses because the truncate <laughs> silence takes care of that, as I've been preaching along the way. That's, that's true. Yeah, we can't just uh, we can't just get away with that. You know what? I'd like to find the first instance of where I actually discussed using truncate silence live on the show and or scorned you by saying that your Shatnerian pauses are just going to get cut out. It's out there in our Legion podcast feed, legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psyops dash podcast. There's 350 previous instances of where I may have made mention of truncate silence, but I want to know what the first one is. Remember, kids, if you don't go back to listen to our older shows, those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. So go back and listen to the old shows. Well, there's that, and you can see just how terrible we actually were back then. Hey, 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 shh, dude, shut up, man, God. Other things that we've been doing, and by we I mean me, that are terrible, are some of the Instagram feed, cinema underscore psyops. Yeah, on the gram, motherfucker. I'm just because popping that's... up some memes that I found that I thought were cool. I'm literally this otter going, hey, I thought this was really cool and maybe you'd like it. Just trying to be cute and try and bring some joy in your life and everybody's shitting on it. Because it's one of the last fucking thing that uh, fucking Elon Musk doesn't fucking own. <laughs> Yes, that's why I'm on Instagram. It has nothing to do with the fact that Fuckerberg owns that now. Oh, fuck yeah. I forgot about that. Fuck that guy, too. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I never know which one. I never know which different billionaire I hate the most at any given point in time. The correct answer, Matt, is all of them. Oh, super. I just don't multitask very well, so I have to center on one. <laughs> you focus your rage as best you can, just like everybody else at the but moment. Yeah. But it's very ragey. 
We already mentioned Fuckerberg, but that's where we're available on Facebook as Cinema PsyOps in the group where we are still the most contacted and engaged with the audience. And I'm available there as Court PsyOps as well. Yes, fucking A. Until something ends up happening and I decide to drop Facebook. Yeah, until, until, until someone other shithead decides to buy that and then it's like, fucking, I'm out of here. Well, if the audience dies off and the group dies down, I'll probably drop out of that as well. But people engage me there still. So as oh, long there as. You go. As long as there are listeners who are getting a hold of me there, I'm not going to completely drop the platform, you know, because I really got absolutely, I got a few mentions here and there, you know, but, yeah. but basically I just made everybody else's life easier by not having to mention me when they're talking about podcasts on Twitter. Yeah, right. No shit. <laughs> well, if you'd like to try and get me to go back on Twitter, because I still have like 30 days, it's not going to fucking happen, but you know, there's, I had to yeah. segue somehow to talk about my email. It's in yeah, of course. at gmail.com. I usually ask for a dissertation, but in this case, um, just send me your thoughts on something that makes you happy or something. I don't I mean, know. Yeah. yeah uh, we, we've got a lot of shit going on in the world right now, including just tons of horse shit. So things like fucking depressing. So yeah, d- 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 talk about something that makes you happy. <laughs> Or, you know what, actually, if you do take umbrage with the review that we did for Spiral here, and you think that I completely missed the mark and my outrage is completely unwarranted, I can have that discussion with you. If you want to start it through email, that's fine. But Messenger works, too, as Court PsyOps on Facebook there. Good, good. Well, while you're out there fuming mad at the review that we did for Spiral, wondering why the fuck you should even listen to the rest of the Ring movies. Or you want to buy our farts. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bit. So what were you full of? <laughs> Roughage. I'm um, trying to do things so I don't die in my sleep at 45. So I'm starting, like, I've been doing somewhat of a new diet. That's uh, I'm doing a lot more just greens and, like, no meat at all. Oh, and, wow. Uh, You're being vegan? I mean, I'm still I'm still eating meat. It's not like I've eliminated meat from my diet. But I'm just <laughs> But not trying... in the Wisconsin sense of meat. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, like, doing a triple cheeseburger or shit like that, you know, for lunch and shit. Like, today, I only ate a salad with some chicken in it. Some, not a lot. More salad than chicken. But <laughs> after a few now? days, after, oh, hold on. Now I'm recording. One, two, three. All right. But, <laughs> How's and, your waveform looking as you do this story? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, as everything goes, uh, when you are not used to roughage and that amount of fiber, natural fiber coming into your body as I have not been, 
uh, it tends to make you much more regular, but it's good for me. So. <laughs> a little too often. And, and I would love to just do keto or some shit like that, but my doc has fixed it for me because of the sodium levels. My sodium levels are out of control, and I yeah. gotta get nail all that down or else my heart's just gonna go ahead and say fuck you. Yeah, see, and I'm not gonna consult a doctor because I'm just wanting to lose weight because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> shortening my fucking miserable lifespan isn't really all that horrifying to me. <laughs> Call me fucking selfish, but, you know, I Jesus. do everything else to keep myself going. Why do I have to fucking keep my heart going, too? I mean, you lost the weight. I mean, fuck it, heart. What more do you want? I got the songs and stuff. I just, there's no trailer. We're not going to probably have yeah. usable trailers or clips for, like, fucking so, ever, like, so. Uh, for an entire summer, it <laughs> seems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for the next foreseeable fucking future until we reach the end of So nothing's wrong with that, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, tackle the next one, then. Let's go. Yeah, let's rock it. I didn't do well with maths. But, motherfuckers, I know that you're not doing this right. And I don't even need the calculator that I always have in my pocket. It's called my phone. So fuck you, in fifth grade, who said I never have a calculator with me all the time. I fucking do. Way to be short-sighted. Oh, Weird I'm flex, sorry. bro. Let's move on. I'm sorry. I blanked out for a second. It ain't too good at school. All right. <laughs> this movie's taking us to dark places. We should just yeah, It really is. It's fucking Jesus Christ. Can I get out of this? The horror All is right. the things that it makes you think about in your own life. You know what? Maybe this movie does do a good job. It makes you really think about your shit. <laughs> about your shit, man. Now I'm just wondering what my farts would be worth. Duncan and Bo come correct. Well, we're men, so our farts are worth nothing. <laughs> I can't give them away free. Nobody wants them around. Yeah, yeah. No one, they don't want them for free, man. They want nothing to do with it. Kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. Dude, I almost lost it there. I'm glad I kept it together. <laughs> I was like, don't fuck this up. That was a great I was delivery. Like, oh, I know. I was like, oh, God, I, this will be the perfect spot right when he gets it up there. I'm, like, I'm going to order by our farts. <laughs> <sighs> Good jobs. All right. Uh, I have stopped recording.